0: see what the Lord has for us this morning. Verse number 13 of Exodus chapter number 16. The Bible says, And it came to pass that at evening the quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning the dew lay round about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the ore frost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, which translates to, What is this? Uh, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. This this is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, and omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so, and gathered some more, some less. And they did meet uh, it with... And Omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, Let no man leave it of, uh, of it till the morning. Notwithstanding they hearkened not unto Moses. But some of them left of it until the morning, and bread worms and stank, and Moses was wroth with them. And they gathered every morning every man according to his eating. And uh And when the sun waxed hot, it melted and it came to pass that on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for one man, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this this morning. We thank you, Lord, just to be back in the house of God. Just thank you, Lord, for the sweet spirit and the time, Lord, we just set apart, Lord, just to come and worship you. We thank you, Lord, for the song service. Thank you for Brother Jacob singing and willing to step in and fill in. I just thank you, Lord, for the, the touch of God and, just the, the, Lord, just the, the atmosphere of our church, the unity, Lord, that you've placed here. I pray, Father, Lord, this morning like you have so many times before. Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you're hiding behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, just use me for your glory. Lord, empty me out of myself, Lord, and fill me with your Spirit. I pray, Father, Lord, that you'd speak right to our hearts this morning, encourage us, strengthen us, challenge us, or convict us, do that work that needs to be done in our hearts this morning. And Lord, give you the glory and the honor, Lord, for what's done in this place. Where there's somebody here that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray, Lord, today, Lord, that by faith, and Lord, they would repent of their sins and trust in Christ. Lord, you'd save them for all eternity. We thank you for Calvary. We thank you for dying for somebody like us. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Exodus chapter number sixteen, and what I just read is probably often familiar. We, we we understand of the manna that was provided to the nation of Israel as they they wandered through the wilderness, and 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 this this verse and these this this account came to my mind as I was uh, kind of in the midst of this Thanksgiving holiday, and, uh, and I, I praise the Lord for it. We all just got done celebrating it, and we uh, hopefully had a good time. And I understand that not all of our thanksgivings were alike, and they were probably conducted in different ways and different methods, and and we 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 seeing that some people may have went and got something to eat, some people might have hosted everybody at their house, and no doubt it was, it was held uh, different ways. And I know some people that this time of the year, just this past Thursday is their favorite holiday for no other reason is because they get to eat. That is sincere, That's, they just enjoy it. The food's good, the fellowship's good, the time's good, and, and hopefully you were able to enjoy a meal one way or another this week. And I, and I, I thank the Lord not just for the meal, but really what it represents, and, and where our, our country was founded, where our country came from, a dependence upon God. That's where it was birthed out of. We've lost that in our society. We've, 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 in our modern day society, we look as man as God. I am, I am my own God. I can do what I want to. And we'll find out sooner or later that does not fly. It does not play that way. God's in control. He's still the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We ought to turn to Him and continue to rely on Him. Now listen, my hope's not in the White House. My hope's not in the, in the State House. My hope is in the Lord. I'm going to continue to depend on Him whether this thing pans out the way we want it to or not. But notice that this, this morning, uh, we just got done celebrating this and, and, and we, Enjoyed it with my own family. Had a great time and uh, played charades and all that fun stuff. And, but when we left, we did not leave empty-handed. We left with what's called leftovers. We, we left with uh, my wife and made a, a sweet potato souffle, or as, as the, the recipe called it, sweet soul taters, and they were everything of sweet and soulful. And I enjoyed every bite of it. We left home with a, a tray of that and a tray of mashed potatoes and a tray of a fried turkey and a smoked turkey. And we, we, we left our uh, the house that we were at to our house and stuck those things in the fridge. And can I say, as much as I enjoy... Thanksgiving dinner, I enjoy a good turkey sandwich today afterwards. Not, not a sandwich, a sandwich. That thing's, when that thing's falling apart when you're biting into it and all that good. I enjoy that, 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 that time and I, I just enjoy that thing. I don't think there's much better than that. But I was literally sitting on my couch and, and sitting in my kitchen. Uh, I don't have a couch in my kitchen, so to speak. But I, I was sitting there and I was eating that, that sandwich and I, I came to this realization. Leftovers are Wonderful. But me and you cannot live off of leftovers. We cannot live off of leftovers. We see right here in the manna they were told to go day by day, to, to, to get an omer of manna, except for on the sixth day, which would have been Friday, they were to grab two. Why? Because Saturday was the Sabbath. They were not to work. They were not to move. Uh, and and, exchange, and you do all that thing on the Sabbath. And so that's why they, they, they gathered double. And so really they were to live day by day more than they were to live off of leftovers. And I, I encourage you this morning, and I'll encourage you through the Word of God, encourage myself as well, that we we got to get rid of this mindset that me and you can survive off of leftovers. Unfortunately, the majority of churches right now are running on leftovers. We're running on what, is, what has been given to us from a previous generation, the, the heritage that's been given to us, which is wonderful and it's great, but it's a personal relationship with Christ. Uh, just because I'm thankful for the men that have stood behind this pulpit for in, in bygone years and preached the gospel and stood faithful and done all those things, but listen, it, it, it is, it, I, I can live off of the leftovers and say, I, or say, God, I know you've got something new. I know you've got something fresh. I know you've got something right now in the moment for me, and that's a, that's that's what He was doing in the nation as He was leading them day by day. They learned to rely that God, day by day, would have enough manna for them. The Bible said, and none of them went without. None of them were too short. None of them had too much. Just just, aren't you glad this morning we could testify that I don't have everything that I want, I don't have all the nicest things that everybody else has, but God has given me every need and everything that I could possibly need to make it into the next day. God's been faithful to give those things to us this morning. But notice this this morning, I want to preach on this thought, the dangers of living off of leftovers. God says, "Morning, God does not desire that me and you live off of leftovers." We see here at the manor they were not to live off of leftovers. We see Lamentations chapter number three when he talks about it. It's because of the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. And then he goes on to say, "But they're renewed; they're new every morning." Aren't you glad today that we don't have to live off of yesterday's mercies? That God's got new mercy for today because we can. If all He had was the mercy that we had when we got. We look back and say, I don't know if he has enough, but his mercies are new every day, and I thank God for that because I need mercy every day of my life. And I'm glad Psalm 23 says, "Mercy and goodness, or goodness and mercy shall surely follow me all the days of my life. And I'm glad for this one, but God does not desire here with the man nor with mercy, but think about the feeling of the 5,000. Every one of the disciples left with a basket of leftovers. What do they do with those? All last we know is they loaded them on to the ship. We don't ever see them again. They're never mentioned again. We don't hear of Peter pulling out the leftover from the feeding of the 5,000. That was for that moment, it was for that time, and a matter of fact, they were literally walking over the miracles of God in worry on the ship. See, God desires for me and you not to to live a life of leftovers and and to, to, to live off of leftovers. I believe every Christian... Uh, should be aware of the dangers of living off of leftovers because of the following truths concerning leftovers. I'm going to try my best, Brother Kim, to do a Brother Leonard Fletcher where we talk about an object in a sense and we apply it to the Scriptures this morning and into our life spiritually. I'm going to give you three truths concerning leftovers. Number one, leftovers embrace the cold. Leftovers embrace the cold. If I asked you to go get me some leftovers this morning, where are you headed to? Refrigerator. I hope that's where you keep your leftovers. I'll oh, preach, I keep them outside in the sun. Don't give me none. <laughs> I don't want none of that. But we, we go to the refrigerator, it's a place that is cold. But why Why do we put them in there? Well, because science tells us. I thank God for refrigeration. It has made life a whole lot more simple. I remember reading a, uh, or watching a documentary concerning, literally, the, the food that changed America and that process of refrigeration changed the game. You know where ketchup comes from? Ketchup was invented to hide the smell and the taste of rancid meat because there was no refrigeration process. Now we just put it on our hot dogs and and, and dip our, our french fries in it. But science tells us that if you put something in a cold environment, it slows down the process of decay. See, we call it a refrigerator, but in reality, it's just a morgue for food. It's where we put things to slow them down from decay. And a matter of fact, if there's something growing in your refrigerator, it's probably something you don't want. Or something you, you definitely don't need. I remember when I was working in Sonic. Did you know how long we were allowed to keep something in the refrigerator? Whether it thawed out or whether it was used that day? 24 hours. That's all that we were allowed to keep. Lettuce. Lettuce cheese, uh, bacon that had thawed out or even had been cooked, if we put it in the refrigerator, it could only stay in there for 24 hours. Oh, preach, that makes me feel so good about that. What would you do if it went over 24 hours? You either throw it away or just change the date sticker on it. (laughs) Ooh, yeah, there's some things I just got to push in the back of my mind when I go eat fast food. But it said only 24 hours, those things were allowed to stay in there. And if we're living off of leftovers, we desire a place that is cold. We desire a place that, that the decay isn't as noticeable because it's cold. In our Christian life, when we you are living off of leftovers, we're living off of years gone by. We're lifting off, off of blessings a long time ago. I remember a man, it stuck with me all my, my, my Christian life just about. I remember talking to this man who said, he said, 10 years ago I used to preach and God would use me in such a great way that the altars would fill up, people would get right with God. He said, 10 years ago I was a preaching machine. I said, well, what are you doing now? Nothing. Nothing. And all he could talk about was the leftovers of what used to be. Can I say this morning, to be honest with you, as much as I love my leftover turkey sandwich uh, the day after Thanksgiving, uh, we, we, we just got rid of and we just finished off our Thanksgiving leftovers last night. And can I say I was ready for something else? As much as I love, I was ready for something else. But leftovers, when we live off the leftovers, we have to live in a cold environment. What's the only thing that, that, that grows on leftovers? Is mold. A church that is living off of leftovers, there's not any real growth going on. It's a cold place. It's stagnant. It's dark. It's dark. Let me ask you this morning, how many of you want a big spoonful of mold? How many of you would open up that, that that bucket or that bucket or, or that, that bowl of leftover soup and you see that stuff floating around on say, Oh, it's fine, it's okay. Ain't no big deal, preacher. Not me. I see anything that's not supposed to be there. We're gonna find something else. I'll eat crackers before I eat mold. <laughs> Plain. But notice this. But but just think about the environment of a fridge. One, it's cold, but it's maintaining temperature. There's no real change going on. I remember we got my dad when we moved into the house right now. He gave us a fridge that was new to us, and for the longest, our stuff would go. F- Go bad in there quick. I'm thinking, what in the world's going on? I checked the gaskets. I was making sure it was sealing right. I was making sure that th- I mean, you could hear it running. I thought, what in the world's going on? I, you know, it's got those little temperature gauges in it. And it had a one snowflake. I thought, well, that has to be the coldest, is the one snowflake. So I sat it on the one snowflake and it just it got worse. I thought, what in the world's going on? My dad gave me this this, this beat-up refrigerator. I mean, when we moved out of the house that we were staying in, we had literally had the same refrigerator as a Brady Bunch. The same exact model that was in their house. But it worked. <laughs> it was heavy. I mean, like our house leaned because of it, but it worked. And so my dad gave us this new uh, new high-tech refrigerator. It, just, it was just newer than the one we had, and I was excited about it. but everything was going bad. And I thought, I got it on one snowflake. But everything's going bad quickly. Come to find out when you turn that dial, you can get to five snowflakes. That is the coldest temperature. Can I say our stuff's in there staying a lot fresher? They're staying staying good a lot longer, but it's a lot colder in there. There's a lot of churches, they're living off of last year, they're living off of 20 years ago, but you walk in there today, you better bring a jacket, because it's cold. Cold, there ain't nothing new going on. Every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night, I love to see those children walk out of here. Going back to a place where they're going to be taught the gospel, And taught the word of God. And shown that church is a good place to be. And a church that's alive is even better to be in. But notice this morning, we think about the atmosphere. It's a cold place. It's a dark place. Not my refrigerator, preacher. Every time I look in at the lights on, it's made that way. The only light that's in a refrigerator is an artificial one. It's not real sunlight. It's just a light bulb. There's a lot of churches that are cold. And the light they're putting out isn't real light. Artificial. And you're living, if you're living off of leftovers, you'll be perfectly comfortable in a place like that. A place that's cold and dark and artificially lit. Everything in there, but in reality, is everything in there is breaking down. It's falling apart. And they, they got the drawer that'll keep your vegetables crisper and, 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 and better and longer, but in reality, it's just breaking down. It's just breaking down. When we choose to live off of leftovers, we choose this kind of life. But when we choose to live off the Lord, we will experience that life more abundantly. I don't know about you, I enjoy the Christian life. I don't get up in the morning and say, boy, I've got to be a Christian today. I've got to act. got to act like i got some kind of sense. The Lord knew when He saved that I have no kind of sense. But notice this morning, He doesn't expect me to be perfect because He knows that I can't be. He doesn't expect me to be somebody that I'm not. He—he he, when he saved Tate and Ray Wagner, he saved Tate and Ray Wagner. And so this morning, I—I I, I don't want to live off of last year's blessing. I don't want to. I'm thankful and I'm grateful for the heritage and all that kind of stuff that comes with it. But I'm thankful that God has a personal relationship with me. It's not cold. It's not stagnant. It's not dark. It's not artificial. It's real this morning. It's real. And I don't know about. I don't want to live off of leftovers. I want to live in a cold environment and call it comfortable. For the first time ever in our married life, we'll be celebrating 11 years. We finally have central heating and air. I mean, it's not like we had to go outside and burn a fire and bring in fire, all that kind of stuff. You know, we're not pioneers. We had window units and space heaters. And I say praise the Lord for it. Except for when you forget to turn them on and it's 37 degrees in the house when you get up. But now we just, we set that temperature. And it doesn't change. But my house is not set at 32 degrees. Because to me, that's not comfortable. It's not, that's not what I want. But but notice this evening. Uh, think about this. You think about it, if you go to Lowe's uh, or Home Depot. If you go you go down that appliance aisle, you walk down the refrigerator. Some of those things got more technology on them than a spaceship. Somebody was telling me the other day that somebody they knew got a refrigerator. You can literally just touch the front of it and you can see inside the refrigerator. I thought, is that how lazy we've become? I can't even open the door to look inside anymore. <laughs> they got some with tablets, so you can watch TV on the refrigerator. Insane, crazy. But no, all this brand new technology, the environment's still the same. And can I say this morning? The devil knows what he's doing. He'll, he'll sell you something nice and shiny if he can just get you comfortable in a cold place and let you live off of leftovers. Notice number one, the danger of living off of leftovers is that leftovers embrace the cold. How long are you willing to embrace the cold so you can live off your leftovers and live off of what somebody else has already done for you through Christ? Notice number two, not only do leftovers uh, uh, embrace the cold, but leftovers breed convenience. It breeds convenience. Growing up, I thought Thanksgiving just happened. I got up that morning, I turned the television on, I watched the Macy's Day Parade. After that, I turned on the football game, I watched football, and then my mom would say, come eat. I thought it just appeared. It just showed up. Greatest day of my life. Uh, or, or my, 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 that, that year was just getting up and, and watching that turkey come down uh, whatever road that is in New York city uh, and, and seeing my, my team lose the football game and, and then all of a sudden, there was turkey and mashed potatoes and, and cornbread and all that good stuff that, that drown all my sorrows away. thought it was just the greatest day ever, but I, as i' grown up, I found out thanksgiving just doesn 't happen i 'm at that age now where i i 've left the kids table. <laughs> And I'm now at the adult table, but the adult table comes with some responsibilities. you got to bring something if you want to sit at the adult table. If not, you go find a place at the kids' table. But I I remember growing up, and I remember just this year, uh, my, my schedule and routine has changed even concerning Thanksgiving. It was one of those Brian the turkey, they said, it'll be fun, they said. And I I, I, I said, oh, we're going to try it this year. I've never brined a turkey before. And I thought, man, this is, it, it, everybody says it makes it plump and juicy. I'm willing to try it. And so I said, I'm going to brine the turkey. And so I went to Lowe's, and I bought me two five-gallon buckets because I had two turkeys, one I was going to smoke and one I was going to fry. And so we, we prepared the brine, I think, Tuesday night before service. I stuck it in the refrigerator so it could cool off. I got up uh, Wednesday poured the brine into the five-gallon buckets, stuck the turkeys into the five-gallon buckets, and then found out I have no room in my fridge for two five-gallon buckets. So I thought to myself, there's a refrigerator at the church that nobody's using. So uh, about 8 o'clock Wednesday morning, I loaded up my truck. <laughs> I put my brining turkeys and five-gallon buckets in the back of my pickup truck, strapped them down so they wouldn't fall, and came to the church and stuck them in the refrigerator. And if you smoke a turkey, you know you got to understand that you got to get up early to get it done. Thanksgiving morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm in my pickup truck driving to the church to pick up my turkeys that are brining in the refrigerator. Just to uh, you come here, pick them up, load them back in the truck. I mean, it was a comical just to think. Someone probably thought, oh, look at that hard man working on Thanksgiving. He got five gallon bucks of paint in the back of his truck. Ladder <laughs> rack and all, just turkeys. <laughs> Get home, I, I washed them all off, prepared them, smoked them, fried them. They were absolutely delicious. And I thought to myself, one person complains (laughs) about my turkey. They're not going to know the effort that I've gone through to get them to the table. See, so many times in our Christian life, if we're living off leftovers, we'll become convenient. Let me ask you, how do you cook leftovers? I don't pull out the pan. I don't crank up the fryer. You might, I don't. What do I do? I just plop it on a plate and throw it in the microwave. And two minutes later, I've got Thanksgiving dinner all over again. And see, so when we live off of leftovers, we'll, we'll get comfortable and we'll think that everything has to be convenient. Everything has to be our way or it's, it's, not, it's not of God. If it's, if, it's, if it's hard, it's not of God. If it's strenuous, it's not of God. If it's tiring, it's not of God. Can I say sometimes in a Christian life, I enjoy it, but sometimes it's work. I'm not working for my salvation. I'm not working to please God, so to speak, and and to make God take notice of me, to be impressed by me. But sometimes my flesh gets the best of me. And I'm constantly warring and fighting with my flesh. And it's no longer convenient. But once again, with leftovers, I wonder, Brother Kim, if that's why we have these revival meetings and we get all excited for about a week and it just fizzles out. I wonder if it's really just reheating leftovers. It's not real revival. See, you got to think about this. When, when, it, when it came to Thanksgiving, I I, was excited, I I didn't want my turkey just to be cooked. I wanted my turkey to be cooked and good and look good. And so when I pulled that turkey out of the fryer, Brother Bill, I felt something in my heart. That thing was good. It was tasty. It was wonderful. But when we all got all done, I threw, I threw both the smoked turkey and the fried turkey into the same bowl. Couldn't tell the difference between two of them. Couldn't tell the difference uh, which one came out of what. They were all in the same place. But they both tasted good once you threw them in the microwave. It's convenient, it was easy. You, know, you don't have to remash the sweet potatoes or the potatoes when you put them in the microwave. You just It's convenient, it's easy. And when me and you live off of leftovers, we'll complain when it's not convenient to us. There's a lot of that goes in on the modern day church. Oh, preacher, you just preach too long. Preacher, you, you're just too excited about that. Preacher, we, we, we sing too many songs. Preacher this, preacher that, preacher this. What we're saying is it's not convenient to us. I'd get up and, and, and if I were to say, did you read your Bible? No, I, 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 I work too hard. I don't have enough time to read my Bible, preacher. No, what you're saying is it's not convenient. Did you pray today? Oh, I didn't have any time, preacher. You're saying it's not convenient. One of the greatest habits I've ever had in my Christian life was just to get up and read my Bible. Whether I felt like it or not. Whether I enjoyed it or not. Getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning comes early every morning. But can I say I'm so grateful for the times where I sat on my couch and nobody else was around. Just me, my Bible, my coffee, and God. And he began to show me things out of his word and show me truths that got me through the day and got me through the moment. Was it convenient? No. I remember working with a guy, and they were saying well, you know, we had to be at work at 6, and most of those guys got up at 5.45. Just flew into work. One guy, he never came to work with his shoes tied. Never did, because he was putting them on in the car as he was walking into work. They said, what time do you get up? I said, about 4 o'clock. And they said, what's, what's wrong with you? Why do you get up at 4 o'clock? You only live 30 minutes away. You get up at 5 and get here in plenty of time. I said, I could, but i got to read my Bible. Read your Bible. I don't even sound like fun. So I said, sometimes it's rough. Get through them them lineages. (laughs) The begats and the begats and the begats at 4 o'clock in the morning. I still don't know who begat who. (laughs) But it's been worth it. That's what I found out. Things that are real and things that are good always cost you more. Always cost you more. We were talking with somebody at Thanksgiving, and uh, we supplied the turkeys. We we cooked the turkeys. I didn't supply the turkeys. We, We cooked the turkeys this year. And Brother Nate, there's some wonderful turkeys. Wonderful. Tasty. I, they were so good I about served it raw, but I don't know how people feel about that. But somebody was saying that, you know, we are talking about the price of something that's organic over what you can just buy at the store. They said, don't you know you can get a turkey a whole lot cheaper somewhere else? I said, but it ain't like this one. This one I can eat with a clean conscience and know that it's not pumped full of a whole bunch of hormones and everything else. And it tastes better. It tastes a whole lot better. I said, to me, reality and something that is better for you at a higher cost is justifiable. But so many people have just in the Christian life, they don't care even what's on the plate. Just throw it in the microwave, preacher, and let me live off of it. Living off the leftovers, it breeds convenience. Let me ask you, how much does it take uh, for you to be inconvenienced and quit and stop serving the Lord? Leftovers, uh, they, they, they embrace the cold. Leftovers breed convenience. But notice number three this morning, and I'm just about done. Leftovers aren't our best. Leftovers aren't our best. At one point, they were your best but they no longer are when they become leftovers. So what do you mean? Preach, you ever watch one of those cooking shows? You might not have uh, one of those cooking competition shows. And and one of my favorites was Chopped. That's where they just throw random ingredients in a basket and say, cook something out of it. And those names that people come up with, like they're sophisticated names. I have no idea what they're talking about. You know, they got like a, 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 a asparagus frittata. Like, oh, what is that? Just say you fried some asparagus for your dessert. <laughs> All these crazy things. These, these but if you watch one episode, somebody's going to say this line I'm just trying to put me on a plate. Everything that I am, all that I am, I'm just trying to put on a plate so the judges can know who I am. It is my best on a plate. I think sometimes in our Christian life, we, we, we sincerely give God our best and do everything we can to the best of our ability, knowing that without Him we couldn't do anything. But I'm going to, I'm going to strive and I'm going to do heartily as unto the Lord everything I can. But when we're living off of leftovers. We're living off of something that is no longer our best. I want to give them my. I want everything to be just right. I want to please them. I want them to enjoy what they're eating. But if I'm just warming up leftovers, it's completely different. I don't think about boy. I wonder if I got enough parsley in this, or if this is salted just right. Now I just grab the spoon, plop it on the plate. It's all right if it touches the other thing next to it. I'm just throwing. It, I'm living off of leftovers. I'm just making it through this morning. Most Christians live with this second attitude. It don't matter what's on. Just just warm it up. Just give it to me. Because most are just living off a left or they have that second attitude. It doesn't matter. Just hit a couple buttons, make it convenient, and that's all I need in my Christian life. Here's the thing. Your godly heritage, if you have one, isn't a reason to slack off. The young kids, you teenagers, whose parents have made sure you're in church, that's no reason to take it easy. My, my parents raised me right. That's great. That's wonderful. What are you doing now? Those of us who know the truth, have been educated in the Scriptures, have been taught, and, and, and have, 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 have had much poured into us. And we say, well, I, I've, I've learned under these men. That's no excuse. There's no excuse to live off of leftovers. I'm thankful for godly men. I'm thankful for men who wrote commentaries to help me understand the Scriptures. But I, I'm not called to live off of leftovers. God has something for me in His own Word. Uh, for his, in his word for me. But notice this. Can you honestly say, I've been giving Jesus my all? Are you living out Colossians three twenty three, which says, Do all things heartily as unto the Lord. Because if you're not, you're giving them leftovers. You're giving them leftovers. Preacher, you don't understand. Let me illustrate it for you this morning and let you think about it. You go home and think about it this this afternoon. You, you sit down at a fancy restaurant. I'm talking about one of them $20 plate restaurants. The ones that we might go to on our anniversary. Maybe. Not. <laughs> but you're one of those, those those expensive restaurants, you know, where they got somebody they got more than one fork on the on the table kind of thing. And you sit down and you're eating through the menu and you if you're like me, you're trying to find what's the cheapest thing here. And you're looking down through it and you, you you ask for something that you can hardly pronounce. And you're excited, you know. And you're looking forward to it, and that waiter comes out there. I mean, he's got dressed to the T. He's got you know all that kind of stuff, and he sits down in front of you. Plate of leftovers. You can tell it's evident it's leftovers. Half the biscuits missing. Half the chicken leg is still cold. The green beans you can tell aren't fresh. You look at that waiter and you say, "Did you just give me leftovers? I paid." For a real meal. I paid for the real. How dare you give me leftovers. How many would sit down and continue to eat that. And say it was well worth my money for leftovers. How many would would sincerely pay $20 for a plate full of leftovers. I wouldn't preacher. Let me ask you this. What did Christ pay for you? Paid it all. He gave his life for you. Oftentimes, we come to him with a plate of leftovers. Say, Lord, here's my best. Knowing good and well, it ain't your best. Here's my leftovers. Hope you enjoy it. It's not what he paid for. He paid for you. All of you. Tonight, we cannot, or excuse me, this morning, we cannot live off of leftovers because leftovers simply are not our best. If we're going to do anything for God, we've got to give it 100% and all that's within us if we're really going to make a difference for the cause of Christ. He did not pay for leftovers, so quit trying to give them to him and give him your best.